Good morning all and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell Ehos. How are we all this morning? Good morning, good morning Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for a new day. And everything that is new today, you renew your mercy for us. You fill this day with your love. Your word says this is the day that the Lord has made it. The devil has not made it. And so when you have made it, you have made it factoring us in mind because you have placed it in the time realm. You renew your mercies in time. You have placed us in there. And your word says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, you have plans to prosper us and give us an expected end. So I thank you, Father, that this day all your plans that you have for my life and each of us claim this. All the plans that you have for our life, that you have placed us in this day that you have made. Your word also says that these plans shall come to pass because you shall not put us in harm's way. But you shall give us an expected end. And your word again says that you load us daily with your benefits. So this day as well, you have loaded us with your benefits, with your wisdom with an understanding of your ways, but more importantly, with your grace, with your favor, with your anointings. Your ways of empowering us to stand strong, to be abundant, and to be dominant. You have loaded us with your gifts. We thank you, Lord, with your provisions as well. We thank you, Father. Thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you quicken us. You call us by name to come to you, to commune with you, to be with you. And the peace and joy that you pour into our hearts, Lord, we share with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. share it also, Lord, with all those that we are lifting up at our altar of prayer and those that have no one to pray for them. And as we offer our faith to stand in that gap, Lord, we call on your name. The name of our maker and our creator. For he is the one who is able to make every grace abound towards us. You are the lifter of men. The one who is high and lofty and inhabits eternity. The one who is ever faithful, and if he has said it, he will fulfill it. He always completes every good work that he has started in us. This is what Philippians 1 verse 6 says. It is you who make the parched lands a pool of water and thirsty land into springs of water. So no matter how dry, how parched our life and our circumstance may look, no matter how hopeless it may seem, you are able to transform it. Job 7 verse 20 says, You are the preserver of men. We thank you, Father. And we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, the one who came to introduce us to the Father, the one who came to give of his everything, that he might take our place and be the sacrifice, the atonement, so that through his atonement, we might partake in that redemption and be brought back 
in restoration of our relationship to the Father. So that as that relationship is restored, and when it's restored, there is nothing that the devil can do about it. He is the God of our salvation. He is our shield, the lifter up of our head. He is the way, the truth and the life. He is the Lord who heals. He is our daily bread given straight down from heaven to us until the day we enter into the promised land. And it is he who leads us in the day of battle, teaching us to fight and empowering and equipping us with all the tools, weapons and armory that we need by revealing them through his word. We thank you, Lord. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of truth, the one who reveals all those deep and secret things of the Father to us through the word. The one who makes the word become flesh and dwell within us. It is he who is the spirit of victory, the spirit of truth as well, the spirit of freedom, so that when he comes, there can no longer be bondage. That when he steps into our circumstance and into our life, we shall no longer be dead but be raised up to life. We shall no longer be under but above. All the promises and blessings of the Father, he comes to fulfill. He is the one who hovered over everything that was void and formless in the earth in Genesis chapter 1. And now is here to hover over all those void and formless things in our life as well. Where we do not understand, where it doesn't make sense, where it doesn't look like there is any kind of hope anywhere. And yet, he is the last word and he has the last say in any circumstance. When we are willing to trust and submit and surrender everything to him. And let him take over the power of prayer. We thank you, Father. That you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit and that gift of prayer where we can legally authorize you and give you earthly permission for heavenly intervention in our circumstance. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies and every physical provision that we might not lack anything. You have blessed us with the angels and destiny help us to assist us in ensuring that your plans that you have spoken over us, are fulfilled. We thank you, Lord, for every little thing that you do, even the things that we don't see. We thank you for blessing us with health, with safety, with a roof over our head, with food on our table. We thank you, Father, for establishing the work of our hands. And we thank you, Lord, that you who promised are faithful. Every word that you have said about us, about our lives in your word, shall not fall to the ground, but will be fulfilled down to the letter and every last stroke. We thank you, Lord. As we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak, every prayer we make, as well as every person that is part of this prayer meeting and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group, by the precious blood of Jesus. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will for each of these lives, Lord. I call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, especially of the one who comes to steal, kill and destroy, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters. 
any kind of spiritual attacks. I thank you, Lord, that it is your blood that fortifies us. And I command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life on our tongue and for teaching us to choose life every time we speak. Thank you, Jesus. Today we continue on our reflection on the blood of Jesus. And yesterday we saw six key things that the Bible tells us about blood and then about the blood of Jesus in particular. And the first is, the blood represents life. Second is, blood is used as a ransom, so it can be used as a currency. And Jesus used that currency for our atonement. Third is, blood is also used, it also has the power of appeasal. You can appease, and especially appeasing God, no one else. The fourth one is, blood was used to mark for protection. The blood of the Passover. We saw that in the case of Moses and the Israelites in Egypt. Then blood was used to enact and seal covenants. And lastly, the blood can act as an advocate for justice and speak on behalf of the person. So today, we look at how to use the blood or where can the blood be used. And two of those are already here. As you can see, this marking for protection. I won't go into enacting and sealing covenants, but that is another way as well, through the blood of Jesus. But he's already made his new and eternal covenant. We just need to activate that covenant in our lives. But for us, we can use his blood to mark for protection. And especially you cover everything in your life, in your destiny, in your home, by the precious blood of Jesus every day. You can use it to mark the perimeters of your house so that all kinds of wickedness is kept outside of it. And that's something that we should be using in our daily prayer every single day. And then we've seen how Brother Savior taught us about uh, the courts of law and how God's justice system works. And how you can then use the blood or call on Jesus to be your advocate there. Because the blood speaks for you. Now I'd like to go a little further into atonement. How that works. So that then when we pray, we pray with understanding. Proverbs 26 verse 2 says, A curse causeless shall not stand. Now, there is curse of the law or there are curses of wickedness as well. But more importantly, what the devil tries to most commonly use is the curse of the law where he stands as accuser. 
and you've seen curses in Deuteronomy 28. In fact, you look at other chapters, Deuteronomy 30 as well. It talks about uh, if we break the laws of God, then we come under curses. And here there's an important message being given to us. A curse causeless, that is a curse without a cause, shall no longer remain in power or in effect. That's a spiritual law. And it is directly related to sin. Because sin is the cause of the curse of the law coming on us. When By sin we break the law and so inherit that curse and it continues to act upon us until it is broken. But if that cause itself of the curse is taken away, that's what this verse talks about. So if the sin itself is wiped off, then the curse has no longer a cause to remain there. And so it must stop from its effect. When you understand this, you can use that in all kinds of curses that you see in your life. Whether it's poverty, whether it's joblessness, whether it is uh, sickness, whether it is other challenges with relationships. And if you're able to identify it with any of those that you see in Deuteronomy 28 from 15 onwards, verse 15 onwards, and you identify it as a curse, then the blood of Jesus speaks atonement. So you can apply the blood of Jesus there. When Jesus paid the price on the cross, Every curse was broken and man was redeemed from them. That is what Galatians 3.13 really is about. So he fulfilled that spiritual law and used it on our behalf for us. All we need to do is claim it through faith. And then as 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 says, If anybody does sin, then we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So his blood speaks for us, saying atonement has already been paid and hence the guilty one who repents and calls on his name should be released because of their faith. And not just released, because of his blood covenant, we must be given grace as well. To help in time of need. Are you seeing how he's combined that there? That's how mercy and grace is released. Atonement paid. And because of his covenant, mercy and grace released. So all we need to do is claim that benefit. Cover yourself in the blood. Apply the blood of Jesus over cursed situations and plead for mercy. So you involve him, you make him your advocate. And he ensures that anyone that calls on his name shall not end up in shame, like Joel 2.27 says, but they shall be delivered. When you look at it in Romans chapter 10, I think it's from verse 6 onwards, you will see it. 6 to 10. Next, John chapter 6, verses 57 and 58, he says, I am the bread of life. He that eats this bread shall live forever. So through him, we have eternal life 
or salvation as well. You can claim that salvation. It comes through faith. He who eats this bread is he who believes in him. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the next thing is healing and restoration. We use the ever popular scripture here, Isaiah 53 verse 5, 1 Peter 2 verse 24. Let's say by the stripes and wounds of Jesus. In Isaiah it says you are healed. In 1 Peter it says you were healed, already done. Because now he has done it on the cross. Isaiah 53 verse 5 was prophesying that. Then he fulfilled it and Peter says it's already done. We need to claim it. So you can cover a person by the blood of Jesus and claim healing. Now how is that healing? It's on the basis of what we have just seen. The price has been paid. He has already taken the stripes, the punishment on your behalf. The blood speaks. And so there is atonement. There is mercy. There is grace to be re released. You speak that with this understanding. When you make your prayer and say, by the stripes and wounds of Jesus, you are healed as you lay hands on the person and you declare it in the name of Jesus, knowing that he said, whatever you ask in my name, it will be done for you. And that name is the name above every other name. So you are combining authority. You are combining the blood that speaks. You are combining the spiritual laws all together in that one scripture that you are declaring in faith over a person that you lay hands on in the spirit or in person and you declare healing over them. So here as well, it is directly linked to the stopping of curses. It is directly linked to any because your body was designed to function in a healthy way. Sickness was never part of God's design for us. It just means that what he designed to function is now malfunctioning. You are asking for it to be straightened when you are declaring healing. For it to be restored to normal function again. A curse causeless shall not stand. When you apply the blood of Jesus, that cause is taken away. So when the curse is stopped, the blood brings healing and restoration because in it is life. We saw that yesterday at the start, the first one, Leviticus 17 verse 11. In the blood is life. So when you say now, I lose the blood of Jesus or I soak them in that blood of Jesus. You are saying, let that life be imbibed into the person. The life of Jesus be imbibed through his blood. And so there is restoration in health. Lastly, many people use the blood of Jesus in spiritual warfare as well. Since demons fear the name and his blood. It is because of his blood and his finished works at Calvary on the cross that the devil was defeated. And then beating the average Christian was easy given our limited knowledge and ignorance. 
but now Jesus came to change that. Firstly, knowing all and being able to see through the devil's plans and then secondly, standing as an advocate for the believer. So when he said it is written and he has given us his word, we can also say it is written. The devil fears the literate Christian, if I might call it that. The one who knows what is written about him in the word. We can only pray on our ignorance to bring confusion on our partial knowledge. But when you understand what is in there, then you stand firm on what is written. And he can no longer get you. And that constitutes submitting to God, submitting to his word, then resisting the devil until he flees. That's James 4 verse 7. So the devil now knows that he cannot win that case because he points out, Jesus points out when Jesus becomes your advocate, he points out what is written in the law. And by his spirit, he is revealing that to you so that you can also point out what is written in the law in situations where the devil seeks to tempt you. Now Jesus is standing in the case where you have already made the mistake. And, the and in, by his spirit, when he reveals the truth to you, you can resist the temptation itself to make that mistake. So when we repent, and Jesus, like he said to the woman who was caught in adultery, and he says to us as well, go and sin no more. This is the learning that he's really asking us to go and take so that the devil can no longer get you. To make it worse for the devil now, Jesus has dominion over the earth realm. And there it's part of a deeper understanding that when you look at uh, Psalm 24 verse 1, it says the earth and its fullness belong to God. And Psalm 115 verse 16 says he has given the earth, the heavens, and uh, the heaven and the heavens. And that itself is you know, the heaven that is highest heaven and then the heavens, the three heavens. All belong to God, but the earth realm he has given to the children of men as an inheritance. And that is a spiritual law, which means you are the legal owner of the earth realm. But through Adam's sin, we lost that to, we lost government of this realm to Satan. And now Jesus has won that back again. So now he stands in dominion over the earth realm and we as co-heirs with him. And his blood speaks for us. And we are able to decree by being co-heirs. Because he has restored our identity and our authority. So, as Revelation 12.10 then says, When he is in power, the accuser is cast down. And then every believer can overcome the devil by using the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony through faith. So what do you do in your battles and your everyday life? You speak with faith, with this understanding. You declare with authority. You plead the blood of Jesus over everything. You overcome the devil by the finished works of the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your prophecy and your testimony of faith. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
Father, I ask for that edification in our spirit. The understanding of what that blood has really achieved for us. So that then when we operate out of it, and we speak with that understanding, starting to decree and declare that we become a threat to the devil and not the other way around anymore. I ask for that edification in each of our spirits this day, Lord, that every Christian rises in the knowledge and understanding of your ways that are high above our ways, so that we then carry the mind of Christ and we operate out of the wisdom of the Bible. I ask for that spiritual edification this day, Lord. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, or families that are facing division and separation. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance and poverty. And we pray for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends as well, especially those that are not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. So let us make our prayer together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ya <laughs> 
Could a 
pakaha sarakana scripture that was put in my heart this morning is from John 6 verses 53 to 56 so Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him amen thank you Jesus amen thank you Jesus we also have a scripture said in the chat. This is from Hebrews 9, verses 12 to 14, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls are the ashes and sorry, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctified them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. And I can hear him say in my ears as we are reading that, go and sin no more. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Our second scripture shared is from 1 Peter 3 verse 9, quoted from the NIV, where it is written, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Have you seen how the verses are connected here? Do not sin because someone sinned against you. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. 
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Xavier's powerful daily reflections or daily divine mercy and rosary sessions. The rosary, by the way, will be held at 3 p.m. this afternoon, not at 7 in the evening, as usual on every Friday, because we have Bible study this evening from 5.30 p.m. onwards. So if you are being blessed by these, all of these sessions, please share links for Zoom and YouTube with friends and family. Point them to recordings if they can't make it to live sessions and also share links to the Telegram group so that they can join the group, be enriched by the word and share their prayer requests so others will pray with them as well. And a reminder about our Bible study session this evening. The topic is the seventh part in our series on the power in your words. It's a powerful series, so please share it with others so that their prayer life can be positively enhanced and they can start seeing answered prayer as well. We shall share again the links on our Telegram group. They're already available on our YouTube and Facebook group uh, pages as well. You can share using any of your platforms. And let the mercy and the grace, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day. And we shall see you at Bible study this evening. Praise and worship starting from 5.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time onwards. Praise God. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone.